0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, January the 19th, 2023. It is currently 9.19 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, currently, I'm trying my very best to make sure, to ensure that I can do this episode in a way that will be the most edifying. Now, I could do this in a way that would be the most shocking, the most over the top. The most controversial that people would grab it and share it and go, Oh man, he went absolutely crazy. He was yelling, he was screaming, he went on a full blown rant. Everyone needs to see this. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I could do it that way and it would be genuine. I wouldn't have to really act because my emotions right now, I am literally wanting to just scream. And lose my mind. Now, I know many people will not understand why I'm so bothered by this. I think many people will think that I'm making a big deal out of nothing. But I believe it's something. I believe it's something. And so my approach is I'm going to try to calmly. But bluntly. Show you what happened. And then try to express to you my total and absolute and complete dismay that it occurred, even more just shocked that it happened in a church during a sermon. I guess from their kind of makeshift, it's not really a pulpit, it's just a stand holding an iPad, but but they're they're I don't know what you call that. It's a it's a stand holding an iPad. It's not a platform. I, I don't know, it's not a podium, it's not a pulpit, whatever it is. But that it happened in a church, and so I'm I'm I hope that you will listen to me carefully. Now I know many of you I know many of you who hear this you're going to have a strong disagree disagreement with me. You know what? That's perfectly okay. And I'm also I'm not going to name the church. I'm not going to name the pastor. Because then it becomes about a place, it becomes about a person, and this is not a place this is not about a not about a place or a person. This is about an issue that I feel like I've been warning people about for a number of years. Let me explain many years ago. I don't know exactly how many it feels like three years ago. I could be wrong. I would have to verify dates but it's it's been a long time. I started hearing about a streaming television show called The Chosen. And everyone kept telling me, you, not everyone, but a lot of people were telling me, because this is at the very, 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 very beginning. I started seeing a couple of things about it. And then I started getting emails. Have you heard of The Chosen? Have you seen The Chosen? Oh, you've got to watch this episode. This is amazing. This makes the Bible comes alive, alive. This tells the story of the New Testament and of Jesus in a way that is riveting. It's exciting. It's entertaining. It's so well done. The acting is amazing. The writing is is top notch. This the acting is wonderful. You've got to see this. You and it's just one email after another after another after another after another. And I'm like, okay, okay, guys, okay. So I looked up some basic things about it. I think I looked at the website or I downloaded the app, immediately saw that there was a scripture there that was I immediately felt like was being taken out of context. And then I started watching. I think I watched maybe part of episode one, season one. And immediately I began to realize something. There's a whole bunch of this that, this is nowhere in the Bible, this dialogue is not in the Bible. There's this 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 did not. There's nothing in the Bible that says this happened. There's nothing in the Bible that anyone said those words. This is just a fictitious account of the biblical text. It's a it's creating a fictitious account. It may it may include some of the biblical account, but it's adding to it. So in other words, it's adding to the Word of God. It's, it's, it's adding to it. It's creating a fictitious story around the historical facts. And, um, and, and I said, this bothers me because we are not to add to the word of God. And guess what? I have the scriptures. I have the scriptures. So do I want to watch a fictitious story that has some biblical truth in it? Or do I want to study and read the Word of God, which is supposedly according to us as Christians inspired? It is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is authoritative. It is, you know, the perfect Word of God in 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 inerrant. It is perfect. It is complete. It is the authority. It is, it is what we are to, to, to uh, you know eat and drink and to study. This is what helps us grow. This, this is what we need. We need the word of God. Do I want that where I have the account of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Do I want to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Or do I want to put my Bible down, hop on the couch, grab some popcorn, and watch a fictitious story about Jesus that, yes, does have some biblical things in it, not denying that. But there's so much of the dialogue and so much happening there that I'm like, that's just not in the Bible. That's just, and I will always get the pushback, but, 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 but it's, if you're going to make a TV show, you can't just have scripture. You've got to have, and so there's got to be some artistic freedom. There's got to be some artistic license. And I'm like, wait a minute. So when it comes to the word of God, now artistic freedom and artistic license is the That's what we care about? Hey, it's the word of God, but hey, it needs a little artistic creativity to really make it riveting, to really make it powerful. Wait a minute. I thought the word of God was powerful. I thought it was living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. I thought it was inspired. I thought it was inerrant. I thought it was the, the word of God. But no, 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 no. We need a television show. Because because we gotta we, we want to give people a television show. I thought we wanted to give them God's word. So is it, does faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Or does faith come by a fictitious television show that clearly adds stuff that's not there? Now, as soon as I started trying to push back a little bit, people got very upset with me. People got mad. People got upset. I received emails. I'm never going to listen to your podcast again. You're an idiot. You're, you're a legalist, you're judgmental, you're, you're, I, you, you don't even know what you're talking about. This is the best thing I've ever I would I would and I heard this. I would rather listen to you know I would rather watch the uh, the chosen 50 times than listen to one of your podcasts. You don't know what you're talking about. you're biblically Ill- illiterate. I mean just just you know, attack, 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 and I'm like, wow, wow. obviously I knocked over someone's golden calf because you're not supposed to touch the chosen. And anytime I've tried to have like a reasoned meaningful conversation, explaining the issues with it. I just get it. This is what I get. Well, I don't care. I like it. I like it. Well, congratulations. I'm going to live my Christian life by doing like, you know what? I don't care. I like it. And I'm going to start doing some things tonight that I would like to do. And I don't care about the rule. Look, we can all live that way. How? I mean, if you can live that way, why can't I live that way? Yeah, but you'll be like, well, no, no, I'm just talking about watching The Chosen. Yeah. And I'm telling you The Chosen has some serious issues from a biblical and theological perspective. If you don't care about that, then why should anyone care about anything? So I would tell, I would usually respond to people going, okay, thank you. I've heard about it. So I try to be nice. I've heard about the show, but you know, I've got the Bible. So I, I think I'm good. I know, I know the story pretty good. I know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I've read them a couple of times and I've studied them in school and I've had to write papers about them. And I, I know the gospels and I've pre—I spent four years teaching through the gospel of John. I know this stuff pretty good, but it never would satisfy people. They were like, oh no, yeah, I know you've read it, but you've got to see it. You've got to experience. I was in tears. I was laughing. I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I heard some crazy stuff and I'm like, wow, obviously the scriptures are not sufficient anymore. Obviously, the scriptures just don't cut it. I need the chosen. I need the chosen. And it's just like, it was weird how people just push it and push it on me. And I was like, look, and, and, at, and first I was really more trying to just say, if you want it, go ahead, but just leave me alone. But they wanted my opinion. And then as soon as I gave the opinion, then they were angry that I gave my opinion, which was really like a setup. Hey, I want your opinion, but you better give me the opinion that I want you to have. So why don't you just write out your opinion and I will just get on the air and go, well, according to, you know, I'll just, you know, I won't say a name because it may be a name of someone who's actually emailed me. Okay, According to so-and-so in so-and-so state, I am supposed to say the following about the chosen. I, I guess that's the only way, but I obviously don't operate that way. So I gave people my honest opinion. And I think it's, I think it's a biblical assessment. The word of God is living and active. The word of God is inspired. It's the word of God, not you take the word of God Create fictitious dialogue, fictitious scenes, make up all kinds of things and wrap that around the biblical text. That keeps, that actually hides the text. That actually distracts people from the text. So here is what I started telling people would happen. My fear was this is that Christians who watched the chosen they they would be so enamored by that because it's a visual medium they would they would so relate to it they would so see it that from that point on when they read Matthew Mark Luke and John they would kind of see, they would not see the text they would see the chosen they would see this kind of fictitious account of it this made up things about it and I'm like that's dangerous because then the sh- the story actually or the TV show could actually distract people from the text. And that's sinful. That's, that's damaging, right? And that, that some people may interpret Peter or John or any of the disciples more, not based off the text, but more on what, how the characters were displayed on the chosen. I'm like that now, not, not only are they now kind of reading that when they read, they're going to see the chosen, it could literally lead them to interpreting certain things in the text based off the chosen, not based off the text. So now it could have a profound impact on interpretation. So I, I started warning about this because I was really, really, really concerned. I may have said, I don't know if I ever, I think I thought I said that it could possibly impact, say, small groups that would start like, hey, we're going to get together and watch the chosen. That, But I there was like a limit, the one thing that I, I guess I did not, maybe I at- articulated it in some way, but I, but I don't think I did. I just know I started warning people about some of these dangers with it, that, hey, people are going, when they read the Bible, they're going to see the chosen. They're going to interpret many things in the Bible based off what they saw, saw in the chosen, and that this would start showing up in at least some teaching capacity. And I think I pretty much placed it in Sunday school and small groups. <laughs> well, tonight... I was watching a sermon from a church located in the United States of America. And lo and behold, the chosen showed up in the sermon. In my estimation, in my feelings, basically the chosen hijacked the preaching of God's word. Now, this sermon was an introduction to the Gospel of John that they're going to spend a year and a half with. Now, that's an awesome idea that they're going to spend a year and a half in the Gospel of John. That's wonderful. That's great. Now, personally, I don't know how in the world you can say we're going to spend exactly this many weeks in any book because when you start studying the text, things happen. And I think so I don't know how you can limit it. I don't know how you do that. But that's probably because you're preaching a sermon instead of teaching the text. But But I digress. I digress. I digress. So, but i wanted to be i wanted to be somewhat positive all right an introduction to the gospel of john so i started you know watching the sermon i was a little kind of like it was a kind of an interesting approach to an uh like an introduction to a book they did uh they did do a good job giving us some facts about john but as far as like the structure of the book the outline of the book they they didn't really do much now maybe they're going to they do it in sermon number 2 but in sermon number 1 i was just kind of a little like kind of what? All right, this is kind of a, just a weird introduction. and it, I, I. But okay, fine. Everyone approaches it in a different way. So I'm still okay with it. Now, I, I start getting a little bothered because a lot of times when they would mention the disciples, what they showed on the big screen was images from, wait for it, <gasps> The chosen, okay, so I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, that's a little disturbing, but, oh, but I'm not surprised, I'm not shocked, because Christians now act like the chosen, literally is scripture, we don't need a Bible anymore, we have the chosen, so I wasn't too shocked, but I was a little bit bothered, and then we get to, well, 57 minutes and 21 seconds into the entire church service. I don't know exactly how long this is into the sermon, but 57 minutes and 21 seconds in. And he's getting ready. He's kind of, he's moving towards, he wants us to to know a couple of more things about the gospel of John. And then all of a sudden there's this weird transition. And the weird transition really is away from this, That's the Bible to the chosen. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, a minute. what just happened? Wait, 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 wait. You're introducing the gospel of John, the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. That's, that's what you're supposed to be getting people. And all of a sudden we're going to switch and now we're going to go the chosen. And I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? I want you to listen to how this, oh, this is so crazy. This is so crazy. Now, you may not. Let me make it very clear. You may not see this as a big deal. And if you don't see it as a big deal, that's okay. You can email me and you can call me names. Tell me, I don't know what, that's perfectly okay. I don't hide behind the microphone. My email address is newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. And I will respond. Now, if it's just calling me names and obscenities or death threats or any other nonsense that I get, I will probably just ignore that. But I will, I definitely will read it. I definitely will read it. Uh, but so so you can let me know if you disagree but i think we have a problem here because this show has become so popular that it's really now basically replacing scripture and i'm sorry scene after scene after scene has dialogue and things that are not in the scriptures i don't care how much everyone involved in the show tries to say we stick to the scriptures we st- you're making up entire scenes entire lines of dialogue that have nothing to do with the word of God, nothing. And people are seeing that and they're reading it into the text. They're seeing that and they're interpreting the text. And now it appears that even when you try to preach from a book of the Bible, well, the chosen shows up. Here we go. I don't really have words for this. But I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. To, I, I hope, I don't know. All I can do is play it. And if you don't think it's a big deal, I'm sorry I wasted your time. Here we go.
1: So there are a few more things I want to highlight before we close this message. And I just as a reminder, we're going to work through the entire book of John. Every passage, all 21 chapters between now and the spring of 2024 attempting to center everything in life around Jesus. Now John had a- Now if we're going to center everything
0: around Jesus through the preaching of the gospel of John then let's stick with the gospel of John, right? Because it's inspired. It's inerrant. It's infallible. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living, it's active, right? I mean, anybody look. Whether it's preached correctly or incorrectly, at least you're preaching the text, right? So, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm still may not be happy with your preaching of it and how you handle it, but at least it's the word of God being read, it's the word of God being preached. But something weird's getting ready to happen here.
1: A very specific purpose for writing his gospel book, and he tells us what it is. It says this in John twenty thirty one. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name.
0: Please note, these are written. This is a reference to the written word of God, not to made up dialogue that is not in the word of God and made up scenes that are not in the word of God.
1: We are titling this series, Believing Jesus. This is why John wrote his gospel.
0: Make it very clear. The title of the series is Believe in Jesus, the Jesus of scripture, not the Jesus of a fictitious television show, right? The Jesus found in the gospel,
1: the written word of God, And not just believing in Jesus, which is true, of course, but believing Jesus, encountering him, growing in relationship with him, and centering all of life around him. And the last verse I'll read is also unique to John's gospel. But it reminds us that we don't read and study God's word so that we'll simply learn more or have better theology. And certainly we do want to learn more and we do want to have better theology, but the Bible is written and John's gospel is written. Please note
0: all the emphasis on, yeah, we want good theology. We want this. and and But it's on the, the gospel. It's on the written word of God. Okay. Yes. Let's study the written word of God. I'm with you. Let's do so. And hopefully by the time you're done actually studying the gospel of John, the text your theology will be better. That's I hope that for any church and every church, no matter how much I may disagree with them, if they're studying the word of God, I'm okay, that's awesome, that's good. I'm gonna celebrate that. Whether I agree or disagree, at least people have Bibles open. And you're studying the word of God. So all of this emphasis is on the gospel. All of these emphasis is on what that is written. So all of this is good at this point, right? Okay. Oh, and there's some things there that, you know, what encountering Jesus. Okay. There's, there's a few little things, but that's okay. I'm willing to overlook that to some level because at least it's, it's going to try to get the church studying the word of God. But this, the,
1: the, what happens here is just seems to just throw all of that out so that we will have an encounter with the living God. And if you're talking about
0: encountering God, I don't know exactly how this occurs. You know where I encounter God? Through the reading and study of the written word of God. Because God only speaks to us through his word. The written word, not a show that creates fictitious dialogue and fictitious scenes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be repetitive here.
1: And this is what the religious leaders didn't understand. No one read and studied the Bible more than the religious leaders. But Jesus rebuked them because their study didn't lead to an encounter with the living God. Didn't lead to an encounter with Jesus. Now that means the study of God's word... I guess you
0: can study God's word and not encounter Jesus, or you can study God's word encounter Jesus. Are you saying that the study of, of God's word leads to an encounter outside of the scripture? Well, a lot of questions I would have here.
1: This is our heart as we go through this series of the gospel of John over the next 16 to 18 months, that as we go through the gospel of John, it will lead us to an encounter with Jesus. It says this in John 5, Jesus himself says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them, the scriptures, you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life.
0: The very scriptures that testify of him. If we want to have a testimony of Jesus, we look to the scriptures because they're the ones that testify of him. It's To me, this is so utterly fascinating that he is some way so emphasizing the scriptures, the scriptures, the scriptures, and he's getting ready in the middle of this emphasizing of scripture, allow this all to be completely hijacked by a television show that has so much fiction in it that the
1: actual scriptures are utterly covered up. May we never be accused of reading or studying God's word without it leading to an encounter with the living God, without it leading to the person of Jesus. An opportunity to receive his love, be changed, and love others like never before. It is by his love and his grace. And so I want to end by watching this three-minute video clip Now, okay, now wait a minute. We're going to
0: end with a three-minute video clip of the chosen. Now, he's just talked about the scriptures, the scriptures, the scriptures. He's not going to end with the reading of the scriptures. He's going to end with a three-minute clip. Oh, boy. Okay. Now, you could possibly find a good clip of the chosen, that would be much more closer to the scriptures, but he doesn't choose one of those. No, 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 no. Oh boy, sit back and get ready. I Look, I am utterly baffled about what's just to happen. All of that talk about the That's why I backed it up. All of that talk about the scripture is literally about to just become irrelevant because he's going to throw out the scripture for, well, what is about to happen
1: from a series called The Chosen. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. Many of you have seen this series. If you haven't seen it, it is amazing. I really encourage you. It's it, You can stream it for free. It's
0: He thinks it's amazing, and he's encouraging everyone to watch it. You should be encouraging everyone that for the next 16 to 18 months, they read the Gospel of John over and over and over, and that they set a goal that within the next 16 to 18 months, they read the gospel of John five times, one of those times out loud, and then you could challenge them to do a chapter summary method of every chapter of the gospel of John. I mean, if really, if the scripture is the word of God, you should want to encourage your people to do, he doesn't even do that. He, no, 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 no. I encourage you to watch a a television show that's got all kinds of fictitious stuff in it. You should be saying, hey, guys, we're going to be studying the Gospel of John. I want you to read it, read it, read it, read it. I want you to read it five times. Now, the way you can do that is when we start John chapter one, you read that chapter five times and one of those times out loud. And then when we go to chapter two, you'll have an entire week to do that because I'm assuming they're going to be, well, maybe it'll be more than one week in one chapter. So sometimes they would have two or three weeks to read that chapter. It would be an easy task. Everyone could do so. And then... Uh, teach them the chapter summary method so that they could do the chapter summary method on each chapter, or they could be doing that in the small groups or whatever the case may be, or on a podcast or wherever. And then people would, by the time you get done uh, with the end of the gospel of John, your church would be the most knowledgeable on the gospel of John on the face of the planet. But no, 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 no. Instead of finding ways to get people into the scripture, he's going to come up with a way to get people outside of the scriptures by I really encourage you. It's amazing. Let's
1: watch this fictitious clip about Jesus. Here we go. It's really well done. But let me tell you what happened just before we watch this clip of what took place in this scene. The disciples were having one of their weak moments. Now, remember, he's preaching through John. Now, he's going to
0: describe what happens right before this scene. or Now, in a roundabout way, he's describing kind of what's in the scene. So I don't really understand why he's saying what happened before the scene, because really, this seems to be he's describing the scene itself. Now, he's describing the scene. Now, he's saying he's describing the scene, but is he saying that the scene is biblical? Or is he saying the scene is not biblical? If the scene is not biblical, then why is he showing it in his introduction to the gospel of John? If it's not biblical, why is he telling everyone it's amazing? If it's not biblical, I mean, what is this? Where is this? Why is this even showing up in a sermon? Right? Why? It's the scriptures that testify of Jesus, not a scene. So, So this is a scene supposedly where the disciples
1: are having an argument with each other. Here we go. When they were arguing and things got kind of bad, really heated. And it looked like they were about to even have a physical altercation.
0: Now, don't you all remember that story in the Bible where the disciples started arguing with each other and it got bad and it looked like they were about to have a physical altercation? Do you remember that? Well, I mean, they like, they were like about to throw down. Don't, don't you remember that? Don't, don't, don't you remember that? They're
1: yelling and screaming at each other.
0: Do you remember that scene where the disciples were yelling and screaming at each other? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Do you remember that?
1: About just menial stuff.
0: Where they were yelling and screaming at each other just about meaningless stuff. Nothing, nothing important. But they were almost ready to have a physical altercation. Right, right. Everyone, open your Bibles to that that
1: section. Open your Bibles to that section. It's late at night, and Jesus had just finished a full day of healing people who were lining up all day long. And he never turned anyone away, he was healing all day long and well into the night.
0: So the disciples are sitting around, they're arguing with each other, they're about to fight. And they're arguing about meaningless things. All day, Jesus has been healing all day into the night. All right, so far, so good. Just remember, find this scene in your Bible.
1: And Jesus is now walking back to his tent. Jesus is walking back to his tent. All right, we got it. To go to bed and he can barely move. Jesus is
0: walking and he can barely move. Oh, he's in so much pain. He's exhausted. Don't you remember this? Don't you remember this scene? Where Jesus is trying to walk back to his tent and he can barely move. Oh, he's in, oh, he's in so much pain. Do you, remember, do you remember that scene? Well, and uh, and he's walking up while the disciples were right there in the middle of their fight? Do you remember this scene?
1: He's physically exhausted. His feet are bloodied. He's physically
0: exhausted. And his feet are bloody. Do you remember when Jesus was healing all day and after it? I guess for standing so long that his feet are bloody and he's exhausted and he's in pain. Do you remember this? Where Jesus struggled to get back to the... Does everybody remember this scene? Come on. It's right. Show Come on. Just find it in your Bibles, right? Because I mean, hey, it's the word of God. Well, we're going to study the word of God. And I'm going to end my sermon on introducing us to a study of John by with well ending with this scene
1: he's been up all day and all night healing and in the midst of this intense argument jesus walks by on his way to the tent and
0: do you remember that in the middle of their argument jesus walks by on the way to his tent bloody feet exhausted and in pain do you remember when that happened
1: when the disciples turn and they see jesus they are instantly convicted. And do you remember when, when the disciples see the
0: hurt, bloodied Jesus, tired and exhausted, they look over and they're like, oh, we've been arguing and he's been out there in pain. I feel so bad. Do you remember when that happened? Do you, do you remember?
1: Do, do you remember? And instantly remorseful. How could they possibly have lost touch? with everything he was teaching them, everything he was modeling. And here they were in this humanistic thinking. And they were speechless. Let's watch the clip together. All right, so he just described the clip. He just
0: described the clip. But he's, he's speaking of it like this happened. This is the way it was. Now, remember, because this is literally in his introduction to the gospel of John. So did this happen in the gospel of John? Was it in Luke? Was it in Matthew? Was it in Mark? Was it in an apocryphal gospel? Where is this scene? All right, now we're going to listen to this scene.
2: What about you? What do you mean? Has it been difficult for you all this time? occupation, following Jewish law. My life has not been easy. Oh, it hasn't. What was more painful for you? Escaping Roman
0: persecution by working for them or escaping your guilt with all the money? Do y'all remember this conversation in the Bible? Do you remember this? Right? Hey, so what about you? Roman occupation, following Jewish law. Has it been difficult for you? Well, my life's been hard. Oh, has it? Has it been? With all the money? Now, sounds like he's talking to Matthew, right? It sounds like tax collector, maybe. Maybe, right? And now you're catching up on Torah and wanting to follow the law. Why
2: now all of a sudden? Why not all the other times you had the chance? Simon? No, no, John. I want to know. Mary had horrible trauma. She... Didn't choose all that happened to her. What's your excuse? What do you want me to say? I don't know what you want from me. An apology. What?
0: Do you remember when one of the disciples said, I want an apology from you because the way you lived your life? The way you lived your life. I want an apology. Don't you remember this, this dramatic scene in the scriptures? Don't you remember this? I mean, come on. Don't you? Re- the Chosen. This is the show every church needs, right? Because. Th- it's not wrong. It
2: could be more delicate about it, but. You did choose to work for them. And you made my life even harder than it already was. And you haven't Apologized. No, no, don't say it. I don't want you to apologize. It doesn't matter. What would him say sorry do? I won't forgive it anyway. What keeps putting you in authority? Who are you to forgive or not to forgive? What, you're on his side? No, of course not, but you've had your problems too. What about apologizing for what you almost did to us with their own... I didn't go through with it. I was trying to save my family's life and I love you, John, but that's not something you have to worry about when Zeb and Salome are looking out for you. But you put me in a desperate position where I did things I would never have done otherwise. And I've repented for them. And John and James, I am sorry, but I didn't go through with it. What is your excuse? I was a successful businessman, and yet I was always behind. He wasn't your tax collector. Quit defending him. I want an answer. Hey, you're new. Do
0: you even know what it's like to be Jewish? Hey, do do you remember this great conversation? Hey, I won't even forgive you. Do you remember when the disciples were having this conference? I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, it's, I mean, I've studied, I have preached this text at least. To suffer for centuries and centuries because of it, but to still commit to it.
2: To protect our heritage, even though it never stops being painful. Because the one comfort we have is to know that we're doing it together that we're all suffering together. But if if we just wait a little longer, if we hold tight just a little more, we'll have rescue because we're chosen, all of us. And you betrayed that, and you spit on it. I can't forgive it. I'll never forgive it. All right. You said what you needed to say.
1: Sit down, Simon. You
2: sit down first.
1: All right.
0: So all of that, all of that fight, I'm not going to forgive. I'll never forgive. I'll never forgive. Back and forth. All of this. All right. Where, where is any of this in scripture? Where is any of this in the scripture? Now the camera looks to the kind of into the background and now someone comes walking up, someone who's in great amount of pain, someone who's struggling, who, whose feet is bloody and they have blood on their hands and blood on their foreheads they're they're exhausted they're tired they're sweaty and it happens to be good night Now, if you see the scene, he's—he, you can tell he's struggling when he's walking and there's breathing. I know you can't hear it very well because <sighs> he's struggling. He's, he's in pain and it happens to be Jesus. Don't you remember when he come walking to his tent, exhausted, covered in blood, and he needed rest because he'd been healing people all day while the disciples were fighting and arguing? Doesn't everyone remember this scene? Because this is exactly what we need to preach when we're introducing the gospel of John from a church. Now they're showing Jesus struggling when he gets over to the tent, he puts his hand up on like the tent and he, 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 you know, like lays his head over, like kind of bends over, kind of bends over because he's in pain and all the disciples are watching it. And now they're all convicted. They're all convicted because look at him. He's been healing people and he's in great pain. And we've been arguing with one another. I feel so bad. Now one of the one of the women go running over to him because it looks like he's about to fall over. He's in so much pain. He's struggling so much. He's trying to to get his sandals off his feet because they're all, you know, swollen and and hurt because of all the the work he's been doing, right? And so she runs over to him and all the the, the disciples are just watching it. Now they're convicted. Now they're convicted. They're convicted because you know, don't you remember when this all happened? Got to throw in the emotional music. Got to make it emotional. Got to get the heartstrings going, right? Oh, here's Jesus and he's been healing people. And he's, so now she's going to try to wash his feet and wipe off the blood off his hands and wipe off the blood off his forehead. Because don't you remember when all of this happened? Don't don't you remember? I mean, it's right there in the word of God because this church is getting ready to spend 16 to 18 weeks preaching the word of God. And they're going to end their introductory sermon on the gospel of John by giving us a complete... Fictitious scene. You can hear him agonizing in pain. She's washing his feet. Oh, it's this beautiful scene. I mean, it's right there in the scriptures. I mean, because what we need as Christians is, well, I'm sorry. We don't need the Bible. I'm sorry. Okay, I got my Bible. I was going to throw it aside. I got to watch this scene. I got to get emotional because this is so beautiful and so powerful. So so why even teach the gospel of John? Just, cho- just show the chosen. I don't know if you can hear her. You have blood on your hands. So she's going to wipe off the, because you remember when he, uh, uh, when he healed people, he would get blood all over his hands. Do you, you remember that? Do you remember that in the Bible when he would heal people? You know, he would heal people and his feet would get bloody and his hands would get bloody and he'd get blood on his forehead. You, you remember when all of that happened, right? One more. All right, she she says one more. She wipes the blood off his forehead. I'm sorry the volume is low, but um, the the sermon volume was pretty good. I could have amplified all of this, but I mean, hey, you can go watch The Chosen for yourself. And he's like, I'm a mess, right? I'm a mess. Good.
2: Good. What would I do without you, Emma?
0: All right, he hugs her, kisses her kind of like on the forehead. What would I do without you? gets some sleep, and he says, I'm so tired. And he's exhausted. He can barely make it. And that's the end of the scene. Now, he comes back in and says a few more things about grace, but it's basically the end of the sermon. So on a sermon that's supposed to introduce us to the gospel of John and that it's the word of God that testifies of Jesus. It's the gospel of John that it's the scriptures that testify of Jesus and that we need the scriptures. It ends with the scriptures literally being hijacked by a scene from the chosen that is purely fictional. So all of my warnings about this have turned out far worse than I thought it would turn out. Oh, I thought that this would impact the average Christian, right? They would watch The Chosen and then kind of, from that point on, when they read the Bible, they would see The Chosen instead of seeing the text. That it would lead to people interpreting the text based off what they saw in The Chosen and not even realize how they've been subverted and their hermeneutic had been hijacked. I thought it may show up in Sunday school and small groups. I had no idea that someone would introduce the Gospel of John— and then allow a fictitious scene and a television show to hijack the word of God. Now, that may not bother you in the slightest. You may be like, well, that's beautiful artistic license. And look, you know what? You want to make a beautiful scene and have artistic license? Create your own story. Make up your own story. And then show it as an illustration of a point. Right? Make a video if you want. Have a, dr- a drama team if you want, whatever you want to do, but leave the word of God alone. It's not yours to manipulate, to add to, to subtract from, to twist, to, to get what you want from it, to add uh, emotional music, to get emotionally, to emotionally manipulate people that it's not yours. Leave your hands off of it. Now, Listen. I've said the same thing about preachers because I've been guilty of this. So I want to make it very clear that I'm not just judging this. All preachers do this. Sometimes when we're preaching the word of God and we have a scene and then we'll preach, we'll read the text. And then we'll start explaining the scene, and almost inevitably, we start kind of embellishing the way we tell the story. I mean, look, Jesus was asleep in, in the boat. Can you imagine what that—and we'll start adding to it, because it's kind of what we do in preaching. And if, and sometimes we'll add humor, where maybe the text doesn't even have humor. We add something. We, 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 people have drawn all kinds of conclusions about, well, when when Jesus—when uh, uh, David walked up on the roof and saw her bathing, well, she knew David walked out there, and— and we add stuff to the text. She, she was setting David up or David knew that that was the time she always without their bathing. So they, like we'll create all of these things to the story that may or may not actually be there. That is always problematic. And when preachers do it, when I do it, I'm guilty of it and I'm wrong. And I apologize for every time I've ever embellished the text to try to make it more dramatic and more exciting in my preaching. I was wrong to do it. And I should not have done it. So, I, so I'm going to, first of all, use this to look at my own self. So make sure that when I handle the text, I'm more accurate and I'm more precise. But for crying out loud, we can't allow the preaching of God's word to be hijacked and taken over by a completely fictitious scene that we basically, he never said, this is not in the Bible, guys. No, 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 no. He never even said that. This can't happen. Now I understand why it happens. Because no matter what Christians like to admit, people are tired of the word of God. Christians don't read it. Christians don't study. We give lip service to how wonderful the word of God is. So if a TV show can replace it, Christians are flocking to it by the millions. People love it. Yeah. It's a well-made TV show. That's right. You're getting a well-made TV show. Well, we should want as a Christian. I Look, I can understand why a lost person wants a well-made TV show, but why as a Christian would I want a well-made TV show when I have literally the inspired, infallible, inerrant, living, active, sharper than a two-edged sword word of God? If I want a well-made TV show... I'm going to make, watch a TV show that has nothing to do with telling the story of the Bible and especially telling it in a fictitious way where you make up entire scenes and entire sections of dialogue that have nothing to do with scripture. You say, well, I mean, it's cl- I mean, we know the disciples had arguments. Well, congratulations. Let's read about the arguments that are recorded in scripture. Well, we know Jesus healed. That's okay. We know Jesus was a human. So he got tired. Okay. When the text says he was tired, we'll preach that he was tired. I don't just make up entire things out of the blue because I, because I can, or because I want to, it's the word of God. We don't embellish that. I mean, just think about this. There are human authors who have written novels and a Hollywood studio buys the novel and makes a movie. And many times those authors then regret that they ever sold their books and get very mad and very upset that you did not stick to my book. You embellished it. You added things. No, that's not what I wanted. And they get very upset about it. And many people who read those books get upset. Oh, I can't believe it. I read this novel and the movie was nothing like the novel. But I guess for Christians, we don't really care if the show is like the Bible as long as it's good. I guess lost people are more concerned about a movie being truthful to the source material than Christians because we don't really care if it's close to the source material as long as it is good. I I don't know. I don't know what Christians think. But it's one thing for you to watch that in your living room. It's another thing for that to show up in a sermon where you're introducing the gospel of John. The preaching of God's word, the word of God just got replaced by a purely made up scene in a TV show. And it happened in a church service. I don't think it's going to bother that many of you. I think many of you are thinking, I'm just making a big deal out of it. And you're just having a good time listening to me get upset. And if that is the case, that just tells me how bad the situation is. Because I think this should bother everyone. Maybe not as as much as I am bothered. But trust me, I've not even expressed how bothered I am. I've not even expressed in any way my frustration with this. I've tried to be as calm and collective as possible. And I don't want you to think in any way, shape, or form, that I'm standing here saying that I'm better, that I'm more godly, that I'm more holy, that I'm, no, I'm probably, that pastor who preached that sermon probably is far more godly than I am, far more spiritual than I am. I am a sinner. I'm ungodly. I, I will confess that all day long. I have failed. I've let God, I I let people down all the time. So I. it's none of that. What I am saying is he allowed his introduction to the gospel of John to be hijacked by a fictitious scene from a television show. That, to me, is not acceptable. Not saying anything about his godliness, not saying anything about anything else. I'm saying that this is what I warned everyone about When this television show started gaining momentum and being promoted on every Christian radio program, Christian radio station, Christian podcast, Christian website that I found myself on. The Chosen, The Chosen, The Chosen, The Chosen, The Chosen, The Chosen. And I was like, guys, guys, we've got the Bible. Here we are. There's probably far worse examples of this that's happened in churches that you're aware of. I have tried, you know, I, I just haven't seen it. And this one, I was, I was just baffled when it happened. I was just like, wait, what is happening here? What is going on? But there you have it. You can email me your thoughts. news, if, at yahoo.com. That's news, if, at yahoo.com, news. I F at yahoo.com. I know some of you will disagree. that's perfectly OK, but I would just challenge you and beg you that as Christians, that we stay committed to the infallible, inspired word of God, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, and it is recorded right here. This is what we are to desire more than gold and silver, more than the honey and the honeycomb. That as a newborn babe, we desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. That this is what is to be preached in season and out of season. It is what we are to read, to memorize, to meditate, to love, to think about. This is what we are to be about. And the minute we allow anything to supplant, to replace, or to push aside the word of God, we're finished. And you're no longer even practicing biblical Christianity. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.